DJ Benny James. Welcome to the podcast. I lost count what show number it is. Crazy day today. <laughs> Working my butt off. And I did three interviews with three DJs that I really respect. And my idea was, original idea, was to have three mini interviews on one show and then play some of my favorite music and some of their favorite music as well. But I am quickly running out of time and I realized that. So what I thought I'd do is I'd break up the interviews for you. The first one is gonna be with DJ Doc J. Doc J is semi-retired or leaning towards retirement of DJing. Been DJing for many, many, many years. He is an amazing friend, a brother from another mother for sure. An amazing entertainer. And just a good, good person, man, a good human being. So I'm going to play you the interview. I recorded it yesterday. And then tomorrow I hope to put out another show, another interview with my good friend from London, DJ Brian J. I've been so influenced with Brian J's music over the years. We've hung out way too many times, had way too many drinks, playing way too much good music. So there's some good stories in in those first two interviews for you, trust me. And then the last interview, probably gonna put it on Sunday, is with DJ Soulchild, who is based in Switzerland. you'll hear the story of how we got to know each other and stuff but basically he's kind of like focusing on remixing songs very very talented young man he used to be on radio for a couple years and he's interviewed so many artists that I play on my shows But anyway, thank you for joining me. Thank you for pressing play. It's going to be something a little bit different today, but hopefully you really enjoy these interviews. What up, Billy J? What up, boy? What you doing out there? It's Jersey scale, you know what I mean? What's I'm up? down here in Mississippi, man. This is my man, Doc J, man. We've known each other for a long, long time, man. And seriously, this guy is like a real, real brother to me, man. I am just honored to be your friend in so many facets, man. I, t- I tell you what, and we stayed in touch all these years. And, um, Everywhere we went. Yeah. Yep. And I know that you got a, a big audience in Hawaii. Now you moved to Mississippi. But I wanted my audience to get to know you a little bit, your story and your upbringing stuff, how you got into music and everything. So just wanted to welcome you to my podcast and tell you thank you, man, for blessing me with this time, man. Appreciate it. 
hey, look, Benny, you know me and you, you, we down. We we laid back like kind of like four flats. We ain't moving nowhere. <laughs> That's right. And it doesn't matter where I've traveled, where I've gone. You always stayed in touch, yep. man. I love that. And another thing I'm going to say, when you came to Hawaii, like I told you before, it's only three DJs that I know since I've been there that came over and changed the style, uh, the, had a different style. Because you have to have a different style. You know, and I was the one that came to Hawaii and changed it. I didn't do it on purpose. I just came out with a different style. I had a different style than the DJs had there. Yeah. You know? So I just want to, you know, let y'all know that, you know, let your people know that because me and Jay Rock and all of us were already over there. So, yeah, you know, but cause, you see somebody come in. Because when, when style. I think I met you, know? you like in 2001, some 2000 or 2001. And I remember when I first <laughs> met you because I, I moved to Hawaii. It was in a Pearl Harbor area. And I was asking my neighbors and local people that I met, like, where can I go and hear real good soul music because all the radio was playing like real bubblegum R&B and the clubs were playing like all the top 40. So I'm like, where can I hear like real good old school soul music, uh, good hip hop and stuff? And they said, there's only one place. You, you need to go on bass and, and you need to go to the old school nights or the all nighters as they were called and go and see these guys play, man. And obviously as a DJ, I was really, really wanting to get involved with that as well. So when I came to the venue the first time, I remember seeing a line literally round the club, you know, and it's a, it's a black club at the end of the day, black people in there, right? And here, here I am, this little white boy from London, and I, and I, and I finally get in and I come up to the, to the DJ booth and I meet all you guys, like three or four DJs, and immediately you just like welcome me with open arms. Now, you could have seen me as a threat, right? Like, what's this guy doing? Like, he wants to come here, take my job or whatever. But you embrace me immediately, you know, and, and that, that's really interesting to me because, you know, some DJs, they're very, you know, they give you that pushback, right? So how was you feeling about that at that time? You know, my thing is this. My mom always taught me somebody always going to be better than you. You just be the best you can be. It's always going to be somebody better. So don't treat them like a, a second hand or uh, don't treat them wrong because when I got to Hawaii, they treated me bad. They told me we won't deal with amateurs. They never heard me play a record. Right. We said we don't deal with amateurs. And I was like, I didn't take it offensively. I just walked away and one day somebody asked me to do a, a one-year-old birthday party. You know how they are in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> First birthday parties and are a big thing, yeah. Yeah, so I did that party, and then I started getting calls, and then I wound up taking each one of their contracts. Now, I didn't go on purpose, but yeah. the manager called me up and said, can you take over this contract? That's how I got normal clubs over in right. Hawaii. Well, I didn't do it by being rude. I did it by just playing music. Just being you. Just being you. Well, we'll, we'll go back to yourself. we'll go back to your style in a minute because it's actually kind of unique, and I want to talk about it. But first of all, let's let's let everybody know where where are you from. Where are you from? Because you're not from Hawaii, obviously. I'm originally from West Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 52nd and Parkside Ave. I went to Peston Elementary, Shoemaker Junior High School, Overbrook High School, the Brook. The O, you know, the orange and black. That's where I'm from. That's, no matter where I went in the military, no matter where I lived, even right there to today, I'm still a West Philly boy. Can't change me. You can and, take and me out the city, you know. You can't, yeah. You can't, you can't take the city out of boy. 
So <laughs> was it a rough area? Was it a bougie area? What what kind of area was it growing up? <laughs> yeah, okay, bougie. <laughs> Our area was very violent. A lot of fighting, uh, a lot of shooting, a lot of stabbing. I got beat up in that area. Uh, not just that area, but I was trying to be a tough guy. And I remember going to a party, the Moon Gang over there, Moon Gang, Thicker Gang, Pokemon Thicker Gang in Philly at that time. And we was at a party. You wear, the, you wear your Kangos. And according to the color of your Kangos, according to the gang that you with. Wow. And I was 15, I think. I think I was, I think I was about 15. I went with the old heads up to this party and I said, all right, I'm going to go back home. And I walked down the street and I seen the two guys outside and I on the corner. I walked by them. I said, hello, you know, what's up? And I kept walking and I went down to, at the end of the block. And these three guys was down there and they stepped in front of me. So I couldn't walk by them. And they said, where you from? And I said, I ain't from nowhere. They said, oh, I heard they getting thick. <laughs> right. And I didn't see the two guys behind me. And the guy hit me with like a mop stick, broomstick or whatever. And it hit me my my jaw and it broke my jaw. So... When I went to the ground, I got stomped on, I got kicked. I didn't get tired of stab, but, you know, next thing I know, I was in the hospital. They wired my mouth up, you wow. know, and to the day, I still got that overbite. You know, my bottom come over my top because of that incident. But, you know, I'm living, you know. You know, it's, it, it, you know, I got shot before, I got stabbed before. You know, it, it, it was rough neighborhood, yeah. It was wrong. Wow, that's crazy, man. And what about your family? Did your family suffer that as well? Be honest with you, my uncles was gangsters, real, real gangsters, like God, like Godfather gangsters. People on the block around our block, on our block, was afraid of our family because we had family fights on the block. Let me tell you that. I mean, grandma fight the grandma, the mom fight the moms, and the, and the kid fight the kids. Yeah, a lot of fights on the street. I ain't gonna lie to you, but you know. You know, it was a violent neighborhood, and Philly is like that. I mean, it's Philly. You know, you grew up in Philly back in the day. It grew up in Philly today. It's the same thing. You don't go on that block. You yeah. wouldn't come around our neighborhood if you didn't know nobody in my neighborhood. You yeah. have to know somebody to come around there. Yeah, you it's t- like you, being in the project. Yeah. yeah, you told me a while back that your dad got shot as well. Yeah, my dad got shot in North Philly up on Cambridge. He used to work in a dye shop up there. I don't know. They broke in one night, and they shot him. Shot him a few times, killed him, and uh, Jesus. Dad, me and dad, yeah. How, how, how old was you when that happened? I'm not even sure. I think I was about 11, 12, somewhere around there. 11 or 12, and your dad gets murdered. Bro, mm-hmm. that's like, yeah. that's crazy. That is just like, I, I, yeah. I can't even imagine. And then, and didn't your mom pass like a year after that? My mom passed the next year. She died from a disease that. The doctor told her uh, that I wouldn't live past five. You know, so. Wow. I'm 27 now, though. Yeah, you're 27. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy, dog, man. So so you're basically, like, raised by, like, aunties and uncles and family. My my older brother took over. And then I had my sister, Cynthia. Both of them are no longer with us. And my sister, Nene, which is in California. And then my other sister, uh, I lost my two brothers. Uh, I had Jesus. a younger brother named Kiko. So I lost them too. I'm the only boy left, so my sister's always checking on me, you know. So this is this is the thing I don't understand, right? And as people will listen to you, they'll hear like the positivity in your voice and uh, and how you have so much hope. But like you must have been angry through that time as a young man, feeling like you got robbed of your parents and 
brothers and sisters, friends and stuff, you know, through this violence. I'm still angry to the day. So you hold it inside? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's why I got to be a comedian, see, because I look at it like this. I wish that Martha, my wife, could have met my mom. She loved it. Yeah. Uh, I wish she could remember that, but, you know, and when you see people like, when, when you grow up, you see these mother, daughter, or father, son thing, and you ain't, you ain't get to do that. Yeah. And then you see, and then I'm going to tell you what really hurts right now in these days, these young teenagers talk back to their moms and stuff, don't get smacked in the mouth, don't get hit or nothing. Oh, no. That's a no-no. Yeah. Yeah, back in <laughs> so the I, day. I, I, I missed that. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, back in the day, you used to get a whooping, right? And like you say, the, the, street, mm -hmm. the street and the community used to raise the kids back then, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like when you, if you, if you got caught doing something, like for instance, I got caught doing something, and Gladys took a hell and see me. I'm getting a whooping from them, and then when they tell my mom when she come out, I'm getting another whooping. Yeah. And my mom gonna send me to dad out and get another whooping. So that's, that's a lot of whooping. <laughs> but but it teach but it te but it teaches you to uh, act proper, right? You know, respect. I, I think, we always respect our elders. Yeah, I, I think there's there's something missing today, you know, with that. Um, mm -hmm. You were telling me before that, you know, music was obviously a massive part in your life. And uh, you started DJing little house parties from your house and having people yep. over and stuff. And that's how it all started. Not my house. Oh, okay. Not my house. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, we did house parties. And we used to set up. I used to be upstairs. When I first started DJing, I was like 16. Yeah. I'd be upstairs in the room. We'd run the wires downstairs to the living room. And dining room for a speaker and then down to the basement yeah so we had basements over there so different different and levels we of were, music going on yeah right and it was five hours to get in we used to do this thing with, it was called dko production dana kevin and Oprah. and i don't know y'all remember but the tupperware bowl you get that one big one they always cook potato salad and then so i didn't get three of those or two of those and we get a, a small bag of chips and a small bag of pretzels and crush them all up in the back and dump it in there <laughs> and then move it around like that and then we <laughs> and people become part say man y'all ain't got no money hey y'all came too late <laughs> yeah we used to do the same thing we used to put like the the nuts and the chips on the side and people used to have little snacks and then just get the music going so did you find that music was kind of like an escape for you you know with your family and everything that was going on with the violence and everything? did you find like music was like a way out for you i didn't find music a way out or a way in I just found music because I like to dance. Dancing was my thing. I, I love to dance. Yeah. Let me get to one of your songs because I asked you to pick three songs that you really, really love. And the first one mm -hmm. uh, we're going to play here is Ain't No Stopping Us Now by McFadden and Whitehead. Obviously a Philadelphia anthem, a classic. Why did you choose that mm -hmm. one? That song right there, all that stuff I just told you about my life, wasn't nothing going to stop me from being me. I don't care what wall you put up, I'm climbing over it. You know, that, that's what that song means to me. Right. I really do. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we'll play that one. You want to dedicate this to anyone? I would dedicate to the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, because that's our national anthem. There you go. <laughs> All right. We'll play that okay. one next. All right.
many things that's held us down But now it looks like things are finally coming around I know we've got a long, long way to go And where we'll end up, I don't know But we won't let nothing hold us back We're putting our shirts together We're polishing up our act And if you've ever been held down before I know you refuse to be held down anymore Don't you let nothing So, Doc, what year did you move to Hawaii? I went to Hawaii in the end part of 79. In 79, you went to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And how many years were you there in total? 36. Right. From 85 to when I left, when I got married. That's crazy, man. And i got to tell you, you know, because I was on the radio in Hawaii and I did a lot of club work too. And everybody seemed to know who you were or they know of you, right? And you definitely had a name for yourself. And everybody just knew you. And I never heard anybody say a bad word about you. I mean, you really left an impression on so many people's hearts there, man. And I, I tell you what, just people love you there. I could tell you this. When I came to Mississippi and before I left, we got married and we were going to go to Vegas for the honeymoon. And a friend of mine come to the club. And he said uh, his friend worked for the Marriott chain. And he said, I'm going to give you a number. And when this guy called me up, he said, uh, he said, Doc J, you don't know me. But I've come to the club, and he said, but you don't really know me personally. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, let me tell you something. I have never, since I came to that club, heard any negativity thing said about you. And I told myself, I said, what? I know some people I want to choke. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that I treat people right. Until you treat me wrong, I tell people, you treat me wrong, I'm going back to the Philly style. I'm going to the Philly style, <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, you always have Excellent. this positivity. And I got to say, we'll, we'll go into your style of DJing right now because I, I think you're one of the only DJs that I know that I would actually put in the category of entertainer. You're not an only a DJ, you're an entertainer. I mean, what I mean by that is you're on the mic a lot, you're cracking jokes with people, you go out onto the floor, you're dancing with the crowd. <laughs> you're From the moment people are coming in, you're actually walking around the whole venue where it is and you're talking to people, you're saying, hey, how you doing? Get yourself a drink. You know, you're getting people into that mood from the moment they come until the moment they leave. And it's just, you create this atmosphere and you're just such an amazing entertainer. I believe that, like, there's so many different styles of DJing, right? But to me, you just like an entertainer, just from the beginning to the end. I don't know if you agree with that, but that's what I see. You just like, love to have fun and you like everybody to get involved. You have to, it's like being down here where DJs still playing CDs and they, they don't even stand up. They sit behind the thing and they let the record go all the way off and uh, then they put a record on an hour later, but I don't know. <laughs> but you're talking about it, it upsets me. You're talking it about upsets the, me. You're talking about the DJs down there, right? Yeah, it upsets me because of the simple fact that people don't understand. This is a crab and you're embarrassing the crab. Mm. You're embarrassing the crap. So people think people DJ, they say, and they want to pay a DJ $150 to bring all this stuff down there and set up and play a whole hours of sets. And because you do it for 150 because you sit down, you don't entertain nobody. Yeah. That's what, entertain them. And they'll pay you anything. That's the guy I want. I want this guy that I know you're going to hype the crowd up. I know yeah. you're going to do this and that. That's what you want, you know? Yeah. Like your style of DJing, you, you have that voice, you're from London. And then you play this class of music that you can play any class of music. That's that's what you want to. That's what you want a young DJ to see and do. Not this DJ that here doing the crap. I retired, so I don't like to do it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but well, it's the style that we have. It's the class, and, and it's, it's also the respect that we give to music. Yeah. Well, I that's mean, I, I was always interactive with the crowd. Um, I learned that right? I learned that when I first started. But mm -hmm. when I met you, it was a different level. And I'm like, man, this this guy really knows what he's doing, man. But yeah, you, you just going out there and just having fun. You don't mind like just making fun of yourself, you know? And you get out there and do the splits on the floor and put your leg up high and just like do the Michael Jackson on the floor. <laughs> you do like these crazy dances and people just be like laughing and having a good time. Or they'd be sitting down. You go and grab them. Kind of come up, come up and start dancing. You know. It just I think it's really important, you know, that you create that atmosphere for so many years at so many venues. And you know, I just what would you say would be it. um the highlight of your career? Do you remember anything that was just like really amazing to you that was like a highlight? There's no real one highlight because I did a lot of I think I think uh when I got to be on stage at Blazeville Arena, when I was hired to come up on stage at Blazeville Arena and, and perform, uh, uh the first time it was MC Hammer. That was that was fun. And then later on, before I left, the Cat Williams, uh, the Samoas. I know one concert that I really loved doing, yeah. and that was uh, Midnight Star, Zap, and Keith Sweat. Wow. I remember him seeing that concert. So it was big times. So, I didn't never expect to be on that kind of Yeah, stage. so it's on a big concert stage that you didn't really expect the to big do. So you'd either do the DJing or you'd be an MC hyping up the crowd, getting ready for, for the acts right. that were coming on. That's the same as me. When I've done those really big events for like, you know, up mm -hmm. to 50,000 people, it's crazy, right? To DJ right. in front of that many people <laughs> or have that many people that you kind of try and, try and hype up and, you know, get that energy flow going, you know? So picture this. 
if you're in front of all the people and you just at the DJ. Yeah. And I'm in front of these people. I have to MC. Oh, yeah. I, oh, trust <laughs> it me. It's so fun. Oh, trust so me. Fun. I know. And, so and MCing as its own, you know, even just public speaking, period, is a daunting thing. It's a scary thing to be in front of that many people. And it's just you and a mic. That's crazy. And to keep people mm-hmm. engaged and it's just you, that, that really uh, takes some something. Now, That's a real talent right there. Here's a secret that nobody know about me. Right. If I'm in front of a small crowd, I'm very nervous. Mm. If you put me on stage in front of a big audience, I'm comfortable as I can be. (laughs) That's amazing. That's amazing, man. Listen, we're going to move on to your other song now. You you chose an Earth, Wind, and Fire track, and then you changed it to Keep Your Head to the Sky. And i got to confess mm-hmm. to you, I don't really play this song that much. I had it in my collection, but I don't really play it that much. But as soon as okay. I played it, I'm like, I'm loving it. So why do you choose that one? Because a lot of people don't know Earth, Wind, and Fire. A lot of their songs is gospel. Mm. But they don't understand it. That's why I changed it from Head to the Sky, which is gospel, to Eternally you Keep Your Head to the Sky, which Bless the Lord. The Lord is up there. He will take care of you. All your troubles you have. You look up at the sky and you ask him to help. I'm a church person now, too. Okay. And you ask him to help you. And he will help you. That's what keep your head to the sky talking about. But a lot of people, they can listen to the rap stuff now and know every word. Every cuss word, anything, and they ain't talking about nothing. But back in the day, people was really trying to keep people together and keep them in love. If people listen to that song, if they have any kind of problems and they listen to that song, they, they it wasn't just a slow song that you grind to when you're with your girl. Yeah. It, it, it's a message. And Earth and the Fire have a few songs. It's gospel. And right. people don't understand that. Yeah. That's why I picked that song. Well, let's, let's play this for anybody that's out there right now and might be going through a little bit of a hard time. And we're just going to tell them to keep your head to the sky. sky. Yeah, keep your head to the sky. Look down the ground, the devil down there. Look up to the sky. Look up, and uh, (laughs) hopefully you can get some answers right there. So this one's going out to you guys, all right? So you found...
So you found the old love of your life, Martha. You reconnected <laughs> after like 20 years or something, and you guys 27. decided. 27. 27 years. Okay. I, I met her in Hawaii when I was still in the military. Oh, okay, okay. But then you lost touch for years and years and years. And then you guys got mm -hmm. back together again and reconnected. You ended up getting married. So now you got a new wife. You got a new family, basically, because she comes with her extended family. You got a new home, and you're in a new state. So all of these new things for you. And like I said, in Hawaii, everybody kind of knew who Doc J was, and you kind of gone from that to a completely new life, like new, <laughs> new wife, new home, new, new state, <laughs> new everything. So how you doing? I am very happy. I'm, I'm smiling. I just did a party last Saturday, a uh, baby shower. But anyway, <laughs> okay. the reason why we moved out, because her mother was getting older and I came down to watch mom and take care of mom while Martha was at work. We lost mom a couple years ago and, uh, but I'm still here. I have to take care of my wife. I'm going to do that. We came to DJ your one. <laughs> we had fun too, boy. Yes, yes we did. <laughs> Yeah, we have fun. So it was just the fact that, you know, I'm happy. Uh, I live a happy life. Yeah. You know, if somebody upsets me, I, I know how to get upset. They think you don't know how to get upset. They think they can do this and that and you won't get upset. Yeah, I can get upset. Don't get me wrong. But I try not to get upset. Yeah. I stay with the church. I do, do things for the church. But I don't go to church every Sunday. I can tell you by that right now. Yeah. I do not go to church every Sunday. Because the Lord, is he's everywhere I'm at. He blessed me with so much stuff from the kid I came up from yeah. to the man I'm today. So he did that. And he keep moving me up and up. Okay. You know, so, you know, I just take his guidance and keep moving. I don't cuss anymore. <laughs> so, so I know you get these gigs every now and again, right? And you'll, you'll take these gigs as you get them. But you're not actively promoting yourself anymore. So you're kind of phasing out. You're kind of semi-retired now with the DJ and stuff, right? I'm retired of DJ and far as I wanted to tell my friends and family in Hawaii and in Philly and all that, that I'll be tired. I'm just not going to travel to DJ a party. Right. You know? When I come to visit, I don't want to DJ. I just want to come and visit and sit in the audience like that. Right. But over here, we don't have a lot of stuff going on down here. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, do I'm not doing that no more. That's, right. that's over with for me. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a little thing, personal thing. Some old family thing, like my birthday next month. So I don't know what, what, what I'm going to do, but I know my wife is sneaking around doing well, something. I, I think it's important. I think it's important you do something for your 100th birthday. You know, that's that's a big day. You know what I mean? Well, that, they, that's down the road. I'm going to be 27. <laughs> <laughs> November 14th, I'll be 27. Yeah, you liar. <laughs> and, so, and tell Faye, tell Faye I need her to come decorate. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> So, have you had a chance to listen to any of my um, podcasts yet? Any of the shows you enjoyed? I didn't listen to all of them. Huh? I listen to all of them. Oh, okay. You you enjoying it? <laughs> oh man, come on now. You know better than that. <laughs> That's a, see, audience. I'm gonna save this and hope you put this on there. That's a stupid question because he know I listen to all of his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're enjoying mm. it, man. And thank you for thank you for listening, man. I'm I'm gonna play one more track from one of the ones that you chose, and uh, oh yeah, and, and we're gonna say goodbye to everybody. But man, I I really appreciate you you joining me today, man. And I appreciate your friendship. I tell you, man, there's just like a handful of people that have in my life that I know that I can truly trust 100. percent 
people that will just drop anything if they know I'm in an emergency situation, even if I needed some emergency funds, you know, whatever. I just know there's certain people that I can just call on. You're one of those people, man. So I tell you, you're, you're a brother from another mother, and I hope that we will always be Oh, I'm from the same mother. I'm from the same mother. I call, ask mom when you call her. <laughs> hey, mom and dad, when you call her. <laughs> she say, Dr. Dave went off. <laughs> So, man, I, I think it's appropriate to leave it, leave it on this one. It's called You're a Winner, and uh, it's by uh, Curtis Mayfield in The Impressions, right? That's what it's by, and I got to tell you about that song. Tell me about that song. Uh, it, connects to that, it connects to the other song, uh, McFadden and Whitehead. You're a winner means that it says in the song, you're a winner, and that never let anybody say that you can't make it. Cause the thief of mind is in your faith. See what I'm saying? That song came back when I was back in in the Philly running the streets. Yeah. But you're a winner. And I remember a wino, when I was young cat, wino, we baby was drunk. And he said, You'll never get old being a fool. You add that into your winner. You won. You did what you were supposed to do. And now you're here. And you have a lovely wife. You have a lovely home. You have a lovely dog, <laughs> and I have a lovely great granddaughter because she just cracks me up. Her yeah. name is Ari. She cracks me up. So you you won. Yeah. Now all you gotta do is relax and live the rest of your life until the Lord needs you. I, I always tell people they always talk about the virus. And I always tell people I said when Michael Jackson and Prince had a concert and the Lord made me do the the after party, that's when he called me up. The virus ain't gonna get me like that. Right. That's that's the thing I tell people, you know. When he wants you, all I'm saying is when he wants you, he, you're going up, no matter what. Right. A virus, a car accident, get shot, drown in the pool, or heart attack. When he wants you, when he needs you, he'll call you up. Right. And you're a winner means that I did everything I need to do, and I didn't know I was doing it, but I was successful, and I'm happy. Now that I don't have to do it anymore, I can just sit back with my wife. And not cook her no dinner, but anyway. <laughs> but that's what your winner mean to me. Yeah. Okay. By Curtis Mayfield. Fine. That's what it means.
Yes, indeed. We're a winner. The Impressions. Going to dedicate that whole show to Doc J. Thank you for joining me for that short interview. Hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to a little bit about his life, his experiences, his thought process. Big shout out also to his wife, Martha. So I, like I said, I completely ran out of time today. Overextended myself, bit off more than I could chew. But you know I'm always honest with you. I'm fallible, I'm human, what can I say? So like I said, the idea was to have the three interviews back to back, but it just ain't gonna happen. But I feel good energy in the house right now. We got a teenage daughter, Roberta, is sliding around the house. Not walking, sliding. But she's excited about something. Smirking. Smirking her face off. Something's happening. Wifey's in the kitchen cooking. Beautiful food, as always. We're supposed to go around friends later on and have some drinks and some uh, little appetizers. The boys are coming over for the weekend. So I tell you, I haven't even had my nap today. I've been going since three o'clock. But I'm feeling good. So like I said, if all goes well and the planets align, I'll put another show out tomorrow. And the following day as well. There's also some great music that's been coming out recently. Some really nice R&B I want to share with you guys. I'm so excited. Gerard Lawson just dropped an album. I haven't even listened to it yet. I'm going to be doing a chill hop show for you pretty soon. All these beats in the background without my uh, voice all over them disturbing them. <laughs> but listen, I'm going to leave you. It's time for me to go. Have a great one, guys. Love you. Thank you. Please share. Please support. Go to my website, djbennyjames.com, and uh, you'll hear from me soon. Aloha.